Hello and welcome to Own Your Divine Light podcast. My name is Yara Atlantica Miller. This is the soul name of Janet Miller, my birth name. I also have another soul name, Isla Saruna Miller. These names were given to me through a deep spiritual process. I am telling you this because when you listen to these different seasons, you will hear me introduce myself as Janet, Isla Sarona, and finally as Yara Atlantica Miller. I want you to know these names are all me and simply an evolution of my divine aspect. We all have been on an amazing journey to embody the divine aspects of ourselves. We have been asked to look at our light and shadow and to recognize and accept all that we are. We came onto this planet because we knew this was going to be a challenging job. That's why I created Own Your Divine Light podcast. This podcast is full of so many people who have walked their talk and shifted their lives no matter what they have been through. You will hear many ways to support you on this journey as a multidimensional being and steps you can take to becoming that divine being that you've always known yourself to be. Thank you for joining this podcast. Let's now take a deep dive in today's empowering conversation. Season two of Own Your Divine Light Show. I am Janet Miller, and I want to thank all the viewers for the season one viewers that came in and gave the wonderful comments they did and all the communications. And we are welcoming back one of my favorite people, Tom T. Moore. And Tom is an award winning author, he's a speaker and a telepath. Tom presents a different perspective. Uh, he's going to present a different perspective on creation today for us. It's a really special show today. Tom has, you know, slides to show us and he's going to go in depth of things you probably have never been aware of. And I, I'm so excited that he's doing this for us. And um, Tom has gleaned all his information from thousands of questions he's asked in the meditative state from all his subscribers to his weekly newsletter. And Tom was voted the best self-help author for three years by Readers of a Health magazine and also for his Gentle Way book series. He's the author of Atlantis and Lemuria, the list continent, the lost continents revealed, and first contact conversations with an ET. And he has his three gentle way books that he'll tell you about. He is also CEO of an international film and TV program distribution company located in Plano, Texas. His gentle way book one has just been released on audiobook, and I think he said that the, all three are now released on audiobook. No, not yet. Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> Okay. The first one is released, and so if you want to listen, it's fabulous, and you're going to get the. I can't say enough about uh, most of the come prayer, the gentle way prayer, and it's available on Amazon, and all major net websites. And welcome, Tom. It's such an honor to have you back. 
thank you for having me again and and yeah. hello to everybody out there thanks so i know you have this wonderful show to show us today about creation the creation um the creation plus the, the creation the big picture oh that's right sorry the creation the big picture and oh it's it's so much information and i'm well, so excited for cram it in today i know it's <laughs> so special and you've been out there talking to so many people and you, you just shared you've been you know you just had a special show in uh in arab that you did first time ever which i think is so amazing and so special it just shows how many people are listening tom and how many people are getting your message and it's powerful sure powerful. thank you very good well let's uh, let's kind of jump in i'm going to uh go to my share screen if i can find it again over here and um, uh, boop, boop, boop. there we go. Okay. And uh, naturally, I'll have to do this again for some reason. Uh, oh. I can see you, Tom. Don't worry right now. If you just want to do the talking, it's okay. There we go. Right. Okay. Well, it, it was not working exactly the way I wanted it to. So here we go. The, um, uh, as you can see there, I have three gentle way books and the gentle way, uh, just to make a long story short, I, um, I, I happened on this modality where you can request benevolent outcomes in your life. And, and I started ex experimenting with it. And it worked better than anything I'd ever tried to use before. Uh, the law of attraction, this is like, you know, 10 or 100 times better than the law of attraction because it actually works. It works perfectly within your soul contract, your soul path, however you like to term that. It, it, it works perfectly. And at the same time, it also raises your vibrational level and and that's the goal of all souls is to raise our vibrational levels. That's, that's how we even got to um, take part in the earth experiment was that our vibrational levels had risen to a point where we could volunteer uh, to take part in the earth experiment. And so we're, we're sort of known as the cream of the crop uh, souls that have, have worked and have risen to a level that they can handle these very, difficult lives being completely veiled from what, from what we uh, actually uh, are. So um, that, that resulted in uh, these three books. I, um, uh, let's see, I, as, um, as Janet uh, mentioned to you, the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a telepath and basically People have been trying to prove telepathy for a long time. And the Ryan Institute, which is shown here, um, had what they called ESP experiments at Duke University. And the problem was they were very inconsistent. One time it seemed to work, one time it wouldn't. And they would use what are called the Zener cards, these cards that you see on the screen where are there squares or or, or triangles or what have you, plus signs. Um, and one person would try to send uh, that image to the other person uh, across from them that 
that uh, using telepathy. And it just didn't seem to work very well. I have found that the best way for this to work is to put yourself into a light meditative state. So if you're already doing meditation, you can, you can go right into this. You just don't go as deeply as sometimes you do in a, in a deep meditation. What you want to want to do is to be in between a deep state and a complete waking state that that place where you can uh, remember your dreams after as you're waking up in the morning uh, and, and in fact recording your dreams is a perfect way to sort of practice feeling that area that uh, that you're in that you can do this and and so that's one of the things and then the second thing is you need to work with the other person on a consistent basis. So like twins or people that have been married together for a long time, um, they, they would work best as, uh, as tele, telepathic partners. And I, I would recommend, and it may not happen or not, but, uh, but who knows, that they do an experiment on the Mars mission where there would be twins like we had on the International Space Station with one remaining on Earth, the other one as part of the mission, and they would uh, they would test uh, and experiment with telepathy because they'll find that telepathic messages are instantaneous, and it can be across a room, across a campus, across the world, or even out in the middle of space. It's instantaneous, so that should tell us some, our scientists something that that there is a energy or a pathway that they have not discovered yet and and they need to look into that and start investigating how these messages come and i've been told that everyone is a telepath because uh, we all have the pineal gland in the back of our heads and and scientists only know so far that the pineal gland secretes melatonin, but it has another purpose. It acts as an antenna for all telepathic thoughts. And I mean, that's everything that you can imagine, feelings, uh, you know, if you feel danger or whatever, that, that's a telepathic thought. If you, uh, if you suddenly uh, get the feeling, oh, I've got to call my Aunt Martha, and sure enough, she needed you to call her, and, and things like this, all of these are are, are telepathic thoughts they're just called different things esp or or what what have you so that's uh so we all are telepaths we uh, i've been able to take this a step farther and have practice 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 that's what my guardian angel theo told me he said you got to practice 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 every time i'd ask well is my reception improving any he'd say practice 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 so i he told me that so many times i finally stopped asking i'm somewhere in the 80 or 90 percent uh a percentile i've been told that nobody no one is uh, is perfect uh on this uh, uh in in doing this work so just keep in mind it, it all it takes is just a lot of practice my practice came from having a newsletter and receiving thousands of questions from people all over the world in my newsletter, uh, which you can uh, see. I, I've got all my newsletters archived all the way back to 2007, 
weekly art weekly newsletters that are free and it's www.thegentlewaybook.com and then look for articles and news okay so uh as i explained i i generally talk with my guardian angel theo and and my uh, uh and gaia the soul the earth those are the two main souls that i communicate with and um uh that's uh that's how I receive most of my information, but you can speak to any being or anything virtually any uh, any person uh, across the universe if you want to and and I, so I've spoken to the soul of the sun uh, soul of the moon um, uh, the group soul for trees and and plants and and the group soul for dogs and the group soul for domesticated cats so you can communicate with all of these beings, uh, which makes it a lot of fun and, and, and to gain knowledge. So um, I also communicate with an extraterrestrial a, uh, who happens to be a member, I didn't know this at the time, but happens to be a member of my soul group, which is also called a soul cluster. And uh, his name is Antura. And after 800 lives on Earth, he's, he's an amphibian this life back on a planet called Nomo. And in actuality, he's, uh, his sole interest where mine is religion, his sole interest is, um, uh, is exploration and actually designing the, uh, the original starts of villages and cities. So he's, that's his other uh, part of his sole interest that I just learned about recently besides exploration. And so this time around, he's part of a first contact team uh, that goes out on a mothership all over the universe, uh, contacting emerging societies. And he's even been to the, uh, to the next universe over. There's actually three, uni three universes that, that uh, surround our universe because there's billions of universes, which I'll get into in a second. And I also... Uh, compiled a book through thousands of questions about Atlantis and Lemuria, their true, true history. So those are a couple of books that you might be interested in, in reading one of these days. So uh, our creator, and as I say, there are billions of creators, billions of universes, but our creator was created by the creator of creators. Now, it makes you wonder, is there more than one? We'll never know. But there is this big mama out there that it has created and birthed billions of creators. And our creator has told me, I've communicated with our creator a couple of times, um, that it's sort of in the middle of the pack, so to speak. So it's, it's been around for a while. And, and so, uh, you know, we have this, this amazing universe uh, and uh, it is, um, it, it contains billions of galaxies uh, and, and, of course, trillions and trillions of planets. And up until not too long ago, almost everyone thought we were the only um, intelligent species in the universe, but we're not. So there's trillions of others. There are species out there that are not only millions of years old, but even billions of years old. 
far ahead of us technologically, but they're lacking in one little thing, and that will be our gift to the, to the universe through the, through the uh, Earth experiment. Now, when I found out that there were all these other universes, I tried to figure out, well, I mean, are they like bubbles? And, uh, and I was told, no, they're not exactly like bubbles. And, and so then I thought, well, maybe they would look more like this. And this is probably getting a little bit closer, except that, that there are only three surrounding us. And I said, well, gosh, you know, a lot of these bubbles uh, have, have more uh, uh, other bubbles surrounding them than that. And I was told that there, that our uh, galaxies, there are some galaxies that sort of act as, as points. And that's where these other uh, universes or universes are near. Even our universe, we can look in the night sky and actually see one of the other universes. But we think it's our universe. One day in the future, scientists will discover there is a void between our universe and the next universe. They'll actually find that, but it's going to take invention of better equipment to be able to discover that void between our universe and the next one over. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so so here it comes to the Earth experiment. This is uh, um, uh, something I, I keep trying to learn more about. Um, all the basic information I was told that that our souls volunteered uh, for for this Earth experiment, where they would be um, uh, they would be vo uh, veiled at least the fragments that they would have lives coming here because our our souls are much more powerful than we realize. So as an example, in my soul cluster, there are only eight fragments of my soul. There's typically six to 12 fragments of a soul having earth lives. The, the soul is not just sitting around waiting for these lives to go on, which are all going on at the same time. They're ha they may be having 500,000 to a million lives all going on at the same time throughout the universe where they're learning. Well, what, why are, what are they learning? Uh, one of the reasons that they were so enamored with volunteering for this earth experiment was that they, um, they knew they were gonna be fast-tracked to raise their vibrational levels. So that's, that's uh, all souls wish to raise their vibrational levels. Our guardian angels, what we call our guardian angels, I'll get into in a minute, uh, did uh, raise their vibrational levels the old-fashioned way it was called. Uh, they, they did it through uh, eons of time. But our souls uh, uh, were promised to be fast-tracked, and they were also promised that um, by taking part in this experiment, one day in the far future, they would all meld together and, uh, to become a creator. And as a creator, they will take the place of our creator and allow it to go on to a, a higher level, whatever that is. And even our creator is not sure what that is. So uh, that's, that's our goal. It has never been done in any of the uh, 
billions of other universes to have a, a creator uh, formed by, by a bunch of souls. So we have to be veiled because we need to be making decisions without any help from remembering 10,000 past lives. Well, I handled uh, this, this problem before in this life, and I handled the problem uh, before in another life, and yada, yada. So this way, we have to handle uh, problems every day of the week that, uh, th that we can't remember if we've ever had that problem before in our life, in another life. That's amazing, Tom, to know that we're going to be creating a creator. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other major thing about this experiment, and, and this is something I just learned not too long ago, is that um, uh, we are in a, a special space-time continuum that is containing this experiment. And we're working with only four negative energies. They have never been worked with before or never been able to in any other creation, any of those other billions of universes. And even in the rest of our universe, uh, the rest of our universe only works with 10 positive energies as well as do the billions of other energies. I mean, uh, pardon me, other uh, uh, universes. That's all they uh, work with are those 10 positive energies. Now, I've been told it's going to take hundreds of years for our scientists to be able to identify those uh, negative energies and I, I, I assume uh, the 10 positive energies. It's going to take a long time. Now, that hasn't stopped my readers from, from coming with all sorts of suggestions. Well, could, could it be this or could it be that time? So you can actually... Uh, go on my website and at the articles and news, there's a, a search box on the right hand side. I'll do it for a camera and uh, uh, and you can type in negative energies or four negative energies and you can see all the, uh, the questions people have asked about uh, uh, the negative energies so far. And, and we get compliments saying, that was that's a great idea, or or that's a, a really thoughtful uh, answer. But no, that's not it. So, we we keep trying. Yeah, we're the, we're the brave ones. That's why they said only the strong can come on the planet, right? Only yep, we're we're known as we're known as the elite group of of souls that that would take on this job, and and of course, uh, the, nobody really was sure that we'd be able to accomplish this. And finally, uh, just to let everybody know, in, in uh, 1987, in August, that was the harmonic convergence. And that was the time when, our, when we raised our vibrational levels to a point where we will never destroy ourselves again, as happened in, in both Atlantis and Lemuria. Okay, never happen again. So it may seem like sometimes we're on the brink of it, but we're not. We're, uh, our, our conflicts will, will slowly uh, fade away over the next 50 years. And, and by 100 years or so, um, I've been told that the that, that people at that time period will look back at this time period of, as we do, the period of like 19, 
17, 19, 18, 19, uh, very, uh, uh, very primitive. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure one of the ways is that we're going to be able to uh, handle these conflicts between countries or races or whatever much better in the future than, than we have been uh, at this point. Yeah, I remember hearing about the 1987 harmonic convergence that we, as a mass consciousness, we decided that we did want to move into higher consciousness and that I, I never heard that we agreed not to destroy ourselves, but I think that's fabulous for people to know that it's not in our consciousness. We made this agreement as humanity, even though you don't even know you did it, but subconsciously in our deep hearts, we did make that agreement. And that's- Well, we made the agreement. We, we reached a point where, where it, it will almost like be impossible to destroy ourselves again. So it, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a great thing. And I, you know, back then I, I didn't, well, I heard of the harmonic conversions, but I didn't really know very much about it. So that was a, a momentous time when, when we, we passed the, the barrier that nobody believed we would, which is why we have, um, we have like 25 huge motherships circling the earth right now, uh, taking uh, millions of readings every day because everybody, uh, all, all these other planetary societies and even other universes all want to see how we did it. You know, they're just amazed that we were able to accomplish this because right. no one had been able to before. Yes, and living with all that negative energy, which was another thing. We had all this negativity to overcome to get to that level, which was huge, you know? Yeah. Get past that. And so people who don't... Pat, our, pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> I, I guess we need to do that a little bit, yeah. don't we? Yeah, yeah. As much as we see what's going on in the world right now, and, you know, people are always in fear that we're going to destroy ourselves, and you keep hearing these little you know, things how, oh, maybe, you know, we don't know for sure. We're still at, you know, we still have this little bit of, there's indecision, but yet look at what you're telling us from, you know, what you've learned and it's powerful. And for people to, to understand that we're not alone here in the, in our little planet, we're not alone in this universe. It's so important. So that could be new information to my, to the people in the audience. And so keep an open mind because Tom has gotten this from deep places and, um, that we, we cannot be alone. How can that be possible? You know, and they're not, they're not negative beings necessarily either. They're definitely oh, no. beings. They're, they're, they're loving beings, but they're just amazed that, that we've been able to do this. And so Antura, my, my uh, amphibian brother on another planet, um, who's in one of those motherships circling the earth right now, uh, says that, um, uh, you know, parking is at a, a premium, he jokes, <laughs> because, because more uh, of these motherships would like to be circling us, but they only allow like two other universes to be circling around the earth at, uh, at any time. Uh, the rest of them are from, from our universe. Wow. And these are huge ships. I mean, they're masked so that they don't scare us to death. Mm -hmm. But as an example, Antura ship is... Uh, and originally in the book, he told me one mile wide. He's finally admitted that it's three miles wide. It's 20 stories tall, 11 decks, and he has a crew of 900 with their families totaling 1,500 because uh, a, a number of the crew members live their whole lives on board the ship. 
And so they have their families with them. And the only time they couldn't have their families with them was during the original Star Wars, which took place uh, about a million years ago, Earth time, uh, but only 100,000 years ago, Universal time. And that went on for literally thousands of years. So that's, that's how these science fiction stories and all uh, came about from people that had lives during that time period and were scared to death every day of their lives that their planet uh, was going to be destroyed. And it was, it was a, a race of reptilians that came from another galaxy that took to try and take over planets uh, f uh, for their resources. And, and this, uh, this uh, war went on for thousands of universal years and finally was, uh, they finally came to peace and everyone is at peace now. Right, right. And, and uh, yeah, there's, you hear a lot of other stories about the reptilians and they're good and bad reptilians. So mm -hmm. if people ever think they're all bad, I guess they're not. That's what I'm Well, part of, part of the settlement of that war uh, was, uh, uh, was that, and I, I've been told, I was an amphibian at that time. I was a spiritual leader on planet. And my race of people is, is only 18 million years old. That's, those are youngsters when you got, even in the same Sirius B solar system, uh, ones that are one or two billion years old, much less some of these other societies that are five and six billion years old. So uh, I came up with a suggestion, well, why don't we offer the reptilians um, to take part in, in the Earth experiment? And, you know, they said, oh, you know, what, what is this little amphibian knows? And, and so the war went on for another 450 uh, universal years. And, and finally, out of desperation, they said, oh, we'll just see. And so they offered uh, for them to take part, and they took us up on it. And that ended the war. And so now 10% of all the souls having lives on Earth um, are reptilians. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of the disclosure and the whole process of disclosure going on. Are you aware of any of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So there's a lot of talk about that and the connection with the reptilians and the mm -hmm. cabal. And they, all they just don't quite understand that uh, about the war and they don't understand the reptilian involvement now. Now, what one, one thing I was told is that when this first began, uh, naturally the reptilians wanted to, to kind of somewhat take over a little bit. Yeah. And, and uh, so they, they would have maybe several lives in a row, uh, you know, maybe like in Egypt or whatever it happened to be. And, but it has to all balance out under, under the way this earth experiment is set up. And so, that that had to end and uh, uh, so they they had to balance the first lives they had where they were trying to be the leaders and run things with with being the peasants and, and all so that's that that took care of that so now you, go ahead i don't want to interrupt you too much but did you ever ask if they're still in in they're here as you said but mm -hmm. are they involved in what people are thinking they're involved in as it no uh, yeah. only only as soul fragments. Just That's soul what I'm told. Okay. So they're 
Um, I mean, one of my friends um, is a, uh, has a reptilian soul. He loves snakes and, and, you know, lizards and things like that. So, mm. and I was told he was put, put in to be my friend so I could see how they were coming along. Because I've heard a lot of other things. And I don't know if that's just old energy or it's just trying to keep us, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Conspiracy theories. Lots yeah. of con conspiracy theories. There's a theories. ton of those. There's a ton of those. And, and yeah. you don't know whether any of it's true. You just yeah. don't know. So anyway, uh, to continue on, of course, we again, we have these, these lives. Um, uh, typically, we'll have 600 to 800 lives on Earth. Um, and as I mentioned before, the souls are promised to, fa uh, to fast track, meld together, never been done before. Uh, we're going to take over the running the universe, and we must be veiled. So I covered that earlier. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and so we have the soul clusters. Now support. I haven't gotten into that. Um, I mentioned that I, uh, that I have a guardian angel. Everyone has a guardian angel. Now, these are really old souls. And, and they're so old that they now glow a golden light. And they're called golden light beings. And uh, they prefer the term servants of the creator because they all volunteered to take uh, care of us. And in fact, the creator of this universe, uh, uh, Theo, my guardian angel, told me humorously, he, he said, uh, the job description that went out was only golden light beings need apply. Mm -hmm. So there's about a million of those. If you can imagine, they're taking care of hundreds of thousands of soul fragments all at the same time in all of their lives, all going on at the same time because time is an illusion to us. So they're busy guys. So uh, busy beings. And um, uh, so they're, they just have so much more power than, than we can imagine. And there's a gold, my idea of a golden light being. Uh, now, when my wife and I went to uh, Sedona, Arizona with some friends, uh, I asked Theo if maybe he would appear in a photo for me. And so here I am meditating on the side of Oak Creek, right across the, uh, the creek from the cathedral vortex. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he appeared as just sort of a haze. Guardian angels have never had a life on earth, never had a life on earth. Okay. And, and so they don't show up as orbs as a, I think I have a, a, a slide of that in a minute. And um, uh, so he kind of came in as a, as a gray haze. The photo, the photo in front and the photo after does not show this. So the, he did this uh, at my request. Wow, it's so powerful. I remember going there myself years ago and I've been there a few times since. It's, it was so, it was not as, um, populated as it is now i went in like 2004 and it was very quiet then and yep. i walked down to the river and put my hands in the water and it was literally vibrating it was so intense it was incredible 
Yeah. I, I, uh, with a couple of my friends, we climbed up the top of Bell Rock. I don't oh, have a slide wow. on that, but uh, you can just Google Bell Rock image of it, and it looks like a bell. And we went all the way up to the top, and so we decided to do a meditation up there. When I did my meditation, I literally fell into the rock. And when I came out and descended, I was the driver of this SUV, and I couldn't wear my, my uh, prescription glasses. Um, I, I had to drive without, without my prescription glasses because I could see better without the glasses than I could with them on. Wow. And, and that has continued where, where I, I can go to a theater. I don't have to wear glasses to, to view oh, the motion I picture. That. I love that. So That's really, and, <laughs> and, and another time, uh, I think the first time that we ever went to Sedona, uh, my wife woke up in the middle of the night and she saw these lights hovering over me. <laughs> and so eventually I asked about that and I was told that I was being prepared for this work. So whatever that means. Now, these are our guides. Now, guides are other soul fragments that are having lives on earth. And as, as they gain um, maturity, uh, you know, whatever their soul interests, they act as guides. So as an example, when my wife and I owned a international wholesale tour company many years ago, I had a couple of guides that helped me with that business. We sold that business. They went away. And I started this international film and TV program distribution company. And so I added a couple of guides to help me there. When I started writing and writing books and all, um, I, I, I added two guides that are specialists in writing. They're not like novelists, I was told, because I asked, I said, any, any of them, you know, famous? No, they're just really excellent writers. And so they helped me with my writing. And then my uh, mother, who's passed away, um, uh, helps me with all things um, uh, feminine uh, because it used to be like 90%. It's dropped to probably 75% now uh, of women that subscribe to my newsletter uh, uh, as compared to men. So, uh, so she helps me with all things feminine, whatever, whatever that entails. And then you have one main guide, and that's normally, that's normally a soul fragment from your soul cluster, another fragment of your soul who knows not only you perfectly, but also uh, the soul and, and acts as an easy um, transit of whatever <laughs> uh, but for messages between your soul and you. So they're not, they're not like um, Jane Roberts called it, uh, what did she call it? Um, Oh gosh, I'm I'm forgetting the name of her book, the oh, Oversoul. Yeah. Oh, Oversoul. The Oversoul. Oh, the Oversoul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's not, uh, you know, there's only our soul and a main guide and us. So there's not really another soul out there that, uh, other than your 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 guardian angel that has, you know, that that helps you and and you know even like if I if uh, on the messages. Uh, questions that I asked and the, and the, and the answers I got from 
the creator, they were funneled through my guardian angel because the ener the energy would have burned me up had had it been a direct contact, I was told. So good to have good to have Theo around. That's right. <laughs> okay. Now Gaia, the soul, the earth, and I've asked uh, or somebody asked me to ask, uh, is Gaia a larger soul than other souls? You know, because she's running the whole earth. And I was, t uh, and I think it was Gaia that said, came back and said, no, you can look on me as the, I'm, I'm the same size as other souls. You can look on me as the conductor of the orchestra. Mm. So there are 4 million other souls helping Gaia run the earth. Wow. These are group souls. So there, there are souls, as I mentioned, for, domest for uh, domesticated cats, for every dog in in uh, on the planet is ensouled by one single soul um the domesticated cat soul group soul told me that other feline souls are handling lions and tigers or what have you uh it, it told me that that they like to spread the work and then you have pine tree souls and you have oak tree souls and 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 i've talked to cockroach soul <laughs> <laughs> and and um, uh, Rose Soul and and so on. Uh, there's all these group souls out there. The creator of this universe wanted every single living thing on Earth to be ensouled. Okay, so keep that in mind. Uh, treat treat this whole planet uh, because uh, well because all of those beings are all ensouled by orders of the creator. So when you say they're in soul, you're saying that they can um, accelerate in their growth. Is that what a soul? Uh, they're different. You know, they're a smaller piece, smaller fragment of a soul. And so when, when they transition, uh, as an example, let's just take a dog. When, when the, the, the dog transitions, um, it follows sort of a pathway, sometimes gu guided by um, by uh, human soul fragments who do it as part of their their work to you know learn things I guess yeah. and they're guided to a staging area where the group soul uh, and their staging areas all over the world uh, where the group soul assigns a new birth mo uh, mother and that birth mother can be in the future it can be at that almost moment in time uh, or it can be in the past. So if you want your, um, uh, you know, your your loving uh, part of the family uh, to return back to you, you simply have a benevolent outcome request. You simply say, I request a most benevolent outcome for my dog, Floozy, whatever the name is, to return back to our family. Thank you. That's all you have to say. And don't worry about, oh, well, it can't be this, this dog because this dog uh, is a year old, you know, uh, couldn't be that dog. Don't worry about ages because they can, they can be born in the past, present, or future. Okay. And that's an interesting concept for people to understand that. That's all about being multidimensional, isn't it? And about yes. no time and no linear time anymore. Right. And, and we... Uh, reincarnate 
in the past, present, or future. So the first time I learned about this was when I was told that my, my wife's next life, well, first of all, let me back up. When I led 25,000 people out of Posadia uh, uh, and we resettled in, in Egypt 200 years before, uh, before the Atlanteans destroyed themselves in a horrific war, um, uh, there was a princess in Egypt, and in her meditations, I was told that she understood that we were good people, gentle people, uh, uh, not violent or anything, because they were worried uh, the Egyptians had been concert, conquered in, in the past by Atlanteans, so they, they were very wary. And uh, so she helped us settle. That princess is my wife today. Now, the life that we're having today, at this moment in time, we just celebrated our 49th anniversary, August 1st. Uh, uh, this is called what's a setup life so that in her next life, she's going to be all the way back in about 12,500 years ago, back in ancient Egypt. And she's going to be a great leader. He is going to be a great leader for his people. I'm going to be his assistant, but that is a past life for me. That's, uh, that's not a life in my future. It's a past life. So here she is going back for a life. And here I am, I was already sort of back there waiting. And, um, and, and, and so my next life on earth will be in the 3400 era as a female space pilot. And she's also going to be in that life with me too. So that's how you have set up lives. Yeah. And, and for people who aren't even aware of this, this is a whole new concept of time. And this is what we're moving into with the higher consciousness. This yeah. is the kind of concepts that we can grasp. I mean, I remember hearing multidimensionality like five years ago, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. Now I understand what you just said makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and so all the, I, I'm, because my sole interests are religions, I still have two religions to go that uh, I have, uh, I'm always at, at the beginning of the religions. So as a quick example, I was a student of the man that actually started Hinduism. Um, I had several lives with Krishna. Hindu people do not realize that Krishna incarnated 77 times in a row. And, and I would have lives every so often to see how he was coming along. And then for Moses, I was one of his sons. For, um, let's see if I, who all, I don't want to forget anybody. Um, for uh, for Jesus, I was Salome. Now that was a common name, not the the Salome that you've probably heard of, but this was one of his Jesus's female disciples and the mother of James and John. Uh-huh. And then I was a friend of Muhammad. And uh, for the Baha uh, faith, I was uh, Baha uh, Ula's. I'm sure I'm destroying his name. Uh, friend, and I was in prison with him and died in prison. And for the Sikh religion, I was one of the five men that offered their head to the guru and became one, one of his five trusted advisors. So that's the way. Now, for the two, one of them is Scientology. So I will, in the future, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, who will be L. Ron Hubbard, has been a friend of mine since grade school. 
I, so I know him. And in our next life, I'm going to be like his mother, and we're going to have a very loving relationship. And the following life after that, that we're together, uh, will be he will be L. Ron Hubbard. I will be his second wife, Nora, S.E. Sarah Northrup, and will help him write dietetics. Dietetics, yeah, and which I haven't read yet. I got to read that one one day to help me <laughs> compose it for the future. And uh, so that's. That's one of the lives coming up. And, and Scientology wrote me out of his, his history because he actually uh, married uh, Sarah Northrup uh, while he was still married to another lady and yeah. even, even wiped out the fact that they had a, a child together by the name of Alex, I think. So, wow. so anyway, interesting ways that I, I get involved with these people. Um, uh, yeah, all of these are questions that I just, people keep sending me in questions and I keep asking them and all I can do is pass along the answers. I don't know, uh, as I say, I'm uh, no one's perfect that does this work. And so I don't know, uh, you know, where I miss. Sometimes I feel like I miss and it turns out I didn't. And, and there are times where I felt like I got the answer correctly and I'm a little off. So that's the way it goes. Um, so all of these lives we're having on earth, there are 12 parallel lives. Um, there's 12 parallel use going on at the same time. Our souls want this for their learning. Um, so the, uh, they're called timelines and they're divided into fours, one to four, eight, eight, I mean, one to four, five to eight and nine to 12. And they're all at different frequencies with the highest frequencies having, <clears throat> excuse me, having easier lives uh, than the lower frequencies. Um, and uh, timeline number 12 is a, um, is a non-physical life. And, um, hmm, sorry, Texas, Texas weather. Yeah, it's okay. No problem. You're, you're doing well. So, um, it's a non-physical life, and, all, and that's considered the perfect life, and all the other lives are compared against that one. And where are we? As, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We are on timeline number six, Okay. the uh, middle frequency. So we're actually affected. Most of the, the, almost all the inventions I understand in the world start on the upper timelines, and they drift down to the lower timelines. Ah. So I... And we're, when we're ready, huh? When they deem we're ready. Yes. Yeah. Or when people receive it, it's really. And important. and the same thing with like disclosure. They uh, they've already had disclosure of uh, aliens and ETs and all on the upper timelines, all the way down to timeline seven. We're next in line. Just hadn't happened yet. So be ready, everybody. You don't know what's going to come up, but hopefully it's in, it's soon. They yes. Within the next twenty years, hopefully sooner. Is it, uh, what's your prediction? Well, last time I asked it, it, this fall, but you know, I've been off before, so uh, yeah, <laughs> time doesn't seem to work <laughs> the right way. Right, right. I'm hoping it's much sooner than later. Yeah. I'd so, so keep in mind, uh, you know, one of the things that requesting benevolent outcomes does is it keeps you on your soul path. Mm -hmm. uh, Theo says, uh, that because we have free will, 
uh, we can wander off the reservation, as he humorously calls it. Um, but requesting benevolent outcomes keeps you on your soul path, your soul contract, which is what you wanted and your soul wanted before you were born in this life for the highest level of learning, the most challenges, the most, most successes. You want to stay on your soul, uh, uh, on your soul path, your soul contract. A lot of people, oh, I want free will. You got it, you know, but you, but then you're not going to have as good a life as you would have had. You, instead of marrying the guy or girl of your dreams, you may take second, secondhand rose. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't thought of that one before, <laughs> but, but uh, uh, that's, so you want to stay on your soul path. So when you talk about a soul contract, I don't know if a lot of people know what that is. I mean, I understand it as before we come over into this life, mm -hmm. a, a lesson or something that we want to learn that we haven't learned in previous lives. And it could be to receive, let's say. And as a receiver, uh, you could come in as someone who is going to be severely handicapped because mm -hmm. you're now receiving help, attention, love, and special care. And it's one way it could happen. I mean, it doesn't have to be that severe, but this is just uh, the way it is when we come into our world, the earth planet, the earth experiment. And right. people, you, when you choose your, your contract, you don't know how it's going to be delivered to you. You're going to come in and you're gonna, it's going to come through. And there's probably many choices. I mean, how do you see it? I don't know. Well, I'm told that in milliseconds, because there's no time on the other side, Right. Uh, you will set up uh, agreements with, I mean, it depends on how active your life is. Obviously, if you're a farmer in a remote location and you hardly see anybody, uh, uh, you're going uh, to have uh, interactions with very few people. But, but typically in our busy lives, we may have interactions, even small interactions, with thousands and thousands of other soul clusters. You, you, the ones that you work with all the time, which will be your family and um, uh, and and mates and whatever, um, and, and but then there are the ones somebody you just meet on the street or um, happen to have lunch with one day, and that's never see them again. So there are all these interactions set up for you for reasons. So you want to stay on your soul contract. But do you believe that we come in with a specific contract or do you think that can change as you come in? Because we can go off the path, right? As you're you can go off the path, and, but again, you don't want to. You want, uh, that's why you request benevolent outcomes. And you can say, I request the most benevolent outcome uh, to, that if I'm not on my soul path at this time, to get back on my soul path. Now you understand you may have some pretty hefty challenges to, to, you know, from that road to get back up on, on the right road, but, but then you'll, you'll do it. Okay. That's interesting. All right. I love that. And I know there's a beautiful um, benevolent outcome that you put in your newsletter and I would love just, just insert it real quick. So we don't forget okay. for people to maybe say it with us as we're, well, you, I have it written here cause I know you don't have it, but I yep. didn't know I was going to do this, but it was all because, um, you talked about on your newsletter how there are over 250 shootings already in 2019. And so to help lower this, and when we say the most benevolent outcome request, we can help 
that lower by our energy by requesting that. And when we put it out to the universe, so we're asking this to, to change, to, to slow it down and to stop it if it can possibly happen. But um, so this is what you asked us to do. And if everyone's listening, you can repeat after me out loud is what I'm asking all of you that are listening. And even if you're listening to repeats and replays, please say it because uh, when you say it out loud, everyone's, the universe is listening and it does make a huge impact and you are also uh, raising your vibration. So realize that this is helping you as well as everyone else on the planet. So I ask any and all beings, and I'm gonna give you a second, to aid, comfort, and assist in the recovery of any person affected in any way by mass shootings and for the administration, Congress, and the courts to make decisions in the best interests of all the people in the United States. Thank you. <clears throat> and that's a, that's a great one to say. The, um, uh, it, what we haven't covered today is that scientists will learn in the future how powerful the human voice is. In my, in my August 30th newsletter, um, I, I've got a topic there uh, talking about, uh, uh, I was asking if the OM sound, you know, OM that everyone does before yoga or, or, or in meditation, whatever. And I was, I think I was asking if, if the OM sound was what moved the pyramids because I've been told sound moved the pyramid stones. They were not moved along a bunch of logs right. like everybody's been trying to figure out. They were moved by sound. And I was told, no, it's not the ohm sound. It's another human voice sound that when a lot of people say it together, lifted those stone blocks. So when you say these, uh, these benevolent prayers out loud, and, when, and the more people that say them, uh, the more powerful they are, then then you do affect the world. I've been told my greatest um, legacy from this life is that one day in the future, I will lead one million people in a prayer for peace out loud. Don't know how that's going to happen, mm. if it will, um, but that's what I've been told. Well, so, I, so keep in mind, start saying these benevolent prayers. Start saying these requests for benevolent outcomes out loud and you'll find how powerful they are. And I have one more because I couldn't help myself, Tom. And okay. How to help make the earth a better place. And so if people want to say this one more time with me, because it's so powerful and we may go over a little over the 45 minutes. So I apologize to everybody, but you know, this is powerful information and this is powerful work we're all doing. And when we do it in mass as a group, we really raise the vibration even higher and, and, and make this much more powerful. It's always better in a group. So please say it out loud as I, as I say it. And here we go. I now send white light in love to every continent, every island, all the rivers, lakes and streams, and all the oceans and seas. And I release this light to go where it is needed the most to light up the darkest parts of the world. Thank you. And I say that one 
every single morning. Yeah. Every single morning. I'm going to put that in one of my letters to say that to people and make sure they say it to remind now, them. Another thing that I also also say, and you can find this on my my website, www.thegeneralwavebook.com, um, uh, under signs, is that another one I say each morning is, uh, I ask any and all beings to aid, uh, to come to the aid, comfort. <laughs> now, when I'm trying to, to say it, I, I, I'll forget it. Uh, aid and comfort of anyone that I've ever harmed either physically, mentally, morally, spiritually, or emotionally in any past, present, or future life. And I ask that any all beings come to the aid and comfort of the families and friends of anyone that I've ever harmed in any way in any past, present, or future life. Theo says this affects all of my lives. When I say that every morning, it affects the lives in the past, in my present life, and all the ones I have in the future. So uh, he says it's a very powerful prayer. You can print it out uh, on my science page. You can also print out uh, one that says uh, request benevolent outcomes today to remind you until you get to into a habits. Yeah. So you've got some things that you can print out there. Yeah, and you also say, I expect great things. I expect great things today. I expect great things tomorrow. I expect great things all week. <laughs> yes. All the rest of this week. And, and then, of course, I, I changed it a little bit. Like, you know, if we're getting down to the end of the week, I'll say, I expect great things today. I expect great things tomorrow. And I expect great things all the rest of this weekend. And I expect really great things all next week. So oh, I, I changed it up a little bit. <laughs> These are all so powerful. So, you know, I, I highly urge all of you to go on uh, the gentleway.com website of Tom's and get these because they are beautifully printed out. You can, he has them really nicely done. So you can paste them and, and, and I put them in the mirror of my room. I have them in my bedroom. I have them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So anyway, uh, let's see. Where are we? We talking oh, about oh, There we go. It wasn't working. So you can sign up for my weekly, it's free, free newsletter. Um, it's at, uh, you go to the homepage at www.thegentlewaybook.com. There's a blue box on there and just sign up for, uh, for this free newsletter. And, uh, and you, uh, as I say, all these new car, uh, uh, newsletters are archived on my website. So you, uh, you can start reading the newest ones and work your way back. I've actually had people that have read every single one of them. Uh, if you can imagine that. And, and we're talking about 52 weeks a year since about 2007, 2008. So there's a lot of them. And, um, and you could see where I, I, I put it out there, where I hit, where I miss. Uh, you know, that's, that's just part of, part of, the, of how it happens. And, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, and I also have a blog uh, each week. People send me in stories from all over the world about their successes in requesting benevolent outcomes. And you just click on blog on my website and, and you'll see, I typically have four or five stories every single week and you can just keep scrolling down and, and it has all the, the months on the right-hand column. I'll do it over here for you. And, uh, and you can uh, just keep reading story after story to give you ideas 
of how to request benevolent outcomes. Or you can buy the books, which is always nice. Yeah, and um, I've been reading it for years myself, Tom. I read it, every, and I even go to all your extra little clicks to read the detailed stories because you have so much detail. I mean, they're well worth looking into reading them. I read them every time I get them. <laughs> yeah. so. they're, they're good stories. I, um, yeah. uh, I had a blog just uh, recently uh, where it was MBOs from, from China, MBOs from India. Wow. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I missed that one. That's great. That's so great. there are uh, a lot of people around the world, and and uh, uh, I was just mentioning earlier. Recently, I did a uh, an interview, my first interview for the Arabic world, where where all the questions uh, had to be translated into English for me, and then I'd reply in English, and and then they would be uh, translated back into Arabic. So that. That took a couple of hours, so, but, uh, uh, you know, these, when you request benevolent outcomes, these work for every single religion. Mm. If you notice, I was inspired to say it so that there's no deities in, in it, but yet they're, they're, um, they're still a prayer, okay? They still connect with some spiritual entity. If you want to believe it's, it's God or Jesus or Muhammad or Allah or, uh, or Vishnu or, or whoever, that's okay. It doesn't matter because they work perfectly. And I've never been able to say that about anything I've tried before. I know for me, it always works, honestly. And you put it out there in a way that nobody, you know, you don't put a time on it necessarily. Although if you're running late, you do use that occasionally. And you don't Yes, compression of time. Yeah. I request a compression of time until whatever. Thank you. It's wonderful. Don't look Unless at you don't clock. look at your watch or clock in the yeah. car. And it works. Oh my gosh, yeah. it works. Yeah. I, I've used it many a time. So I would love to uh, thank our audience for all uh, for sh showing up. And please let us know uh, how you like the show. And I read all your emails. We, I, we answer all your emails. And Tom, I always let, I, I let them know. Tom had an amazing uh, feedback and following from the last show. So please send in anything that you, you know, want to share, you know, and um, Tom, is there anything particular you feel that's appropriate for our group, our people to know the audience uh, about the rest of 2019, any particular message you want to give them? Oh, well, we're going to have a, a rough winter. I've been told that um, it, it'll be times normal. And then other times, Ooh, really? uh, tough and um uh my i'd say hey start looking at the newsletters because um, um all all year long i have uh like uh, i know I, I either this uh recently i was asking about uh, the future for hong kong and it's not fantastic um they're going to slowly put the screws on them and uh, so I, I ask questions about uh, probable futures because the, these are probable futures. As you get closer to the time, then there's fewer and fewer probabilities. But you may start out with a thousand probabilities for one day, and then it all starts going down. And that's directed by choices that people make, the consciousness, mm. right? And your soul's wanting to, well, I, I, 
we think we need to shake things up. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> and when you say they're going to do that to Hong Kong, like what exactly are they going to do? Well, they're trying to let the energy dispel. Uh, over time, the energy starts fading. Okay. It's what is the way I've been told. And they're going to slowly, you know, institute these, the, uh, the tightening of the, the government to make it more like the rest of China. Oh. And, and so, and this will, this will happen. I've been told the highest probability. And then eventually um, China will start loosening the screws for all of China, but it'll take oh. many years for that to happen. That would be nice for those people. Yeah, I've been to Hong Kong before they took it over. I was there when it was still under British rule. Me too. Yeah, it was really nice, beautiful. I yeah. don't know, I've been back since it's under Chinese rule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My wife and I went to Shenzhen province to see the the uh, reservoir <laughs> for, uh, for Hong Kong, uh, which was in, of course, the Chinese government's hands. And, you know, I got to see the, Chinese soldiers and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I did actually. Yeah, we did cross over to Macau. And uh, yeah, we did see the soldiers. That was an interesting experience. Yeah. <laughs> we did see them walk by with the guns and they were marching with their guns openly shown. Yeah, it was quite yeah. an, uh, yeah, quite an uh, eye opener. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to live amongst that in this country and to be grateful. So um, thank you again, Tom, so much for being this brilliant light of humanity that you are on this planet, for bringing the gentle way, which helps so many people, for bringing us this amazing creation uh, story, because it's the big picture, as you're saying, and the big picture is, is important for people to realize how much we don't really understand about our history and the truth of what we're learning. I mean, there's a lot more that we're learning. And we you're getting it through your meditations which is you know trust and trusting in in your you know the 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 god the creator that's bringing this information to you because that's obviously where it's coming from and you're bringing it to the world and um there's so many ways that we can learn things so you have to discern for yourself what he says is, you know, what you hear and you take away what you want. And that's what I always say to people. Don't feel that, you know, this isn't gospel, but it's what we under, people understand and you choose to believe parts that you choose to believe. And um, I love what Tom shares and I feel he brings so much truth and this information is, is really needed. And when things start changing, it's going to change for the better. You know, people are going to be seeing so much uh, change. And when we meet the, our, our neighbors, our, our, our ET neighbors, it's going to be an amazing occurrence and powerful, powerful. So yep. be ready. Don't, they're not all bad guys. You know, I just saw the show Signs and it's like, oh, no, they're not like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, they had their problems. Nobody's perfect. But, you know, they've clear, cleaned it up. And uh so again, thank you again, Tom, and uh, bringing all this clarity and helping people to, sh you share your, your divine light all the time. And you're, you're, as you say, all over the world, you're nonstop and always sharing and being generous. And um, you help so many people step into their achieving their dreams, unlocking their passions and creating the lives that they love. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs>
Hello again. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please remember to leave a review. This helps us gather ideas on how else we can improve our content so we can provide you the best experience as you tune in with us. Before I let you go, I want to let you know that as an energy facilitator and divine light mapper, I am here to guide you in discovering your soul's purpose in this ongoing new paradigm shift. When you're ready to discover your soul's purpose, book a divine light mapping session with me to gain understanding of your soul's journey. You may also book a Solex AO scan session with me to harmonize your mind, body, and spirit. We'll take a look at your signature blueprint, which we all emit with energy, frequency, and vibration. And with this information you gain, you will surely leave here empowered to take charge of your sovereign body. When you're ready to book a session and to learn more about our current events, promos, and services, please visit ownyourdivinelight.com. Thank you again for participating in our podcast. Our journey to 5D continues.